Welcome to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. I'm June Grosso. Every day we bring you insight and analysis into the most important legal news of the day. You can find more episodes of the Bloomberg Law Podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. It may surprise you, especially after the Supreme Court's ruling, but President Trump's transgender military ban is still on hold. In no uncertain terms, a federal judge in D.C. has said that the nationwide block on the ban, which her court issued, is still in effect. Joining me is Steve Sanders, a professor at Indiana University's Morris School of Law. Steve, three other injunctions have been lifted, and the D.C. Circuit Court ruled on this injunction. Sort the facts out a little for us here. Sure. You know, at first glance, some of the reporting of this story might lead you to believe that there's this one renegade federal district judge out there who's sort of insisting on keeping the ban in place and possibly even defying the Supreme Court. That's actually not the case at all. What this really simply comes down to is that as a matter of the rule of law, um, our courts follow certain established procedures and schedules and so forth. So just briefly, four separate lawsuits were filed in the wake of President Trump's announcement that transgender people would be banned from the military. Two of those uh, were before the Supreme Court on preliminary injunctions. Cases hadn't been fully briefed or fully developed, but as a preliminary matter, should the ban be put in place? Should it go forward or should it be put on hold? Supreme Court said it can go forward pending the litigation in the two cases that were brought to it. Another federal district judge in Maryland, basically seeing that handwriting on the wall, dissolved his preliminary injunction. Um, And what's happening here is in Washington, D.C., the Federal Court of Appeals did rule some weeks ago that a lower federal judge's uh, injunction also should be dissolved. That's the one we're talking about here, too. Really, all the federal district judge was saying in this um, announcement she made uh, a day or two ago was the Court of Appeals actually gave the parties until March 29th, one week from today, to ask it to reconsider its decision. That's an established part of the appellate process. Even after an appeals panel rules, its ruling doesn't actually take effect or become final until a certain period period of time has expired, when the parties can come back to it and ask it to reconsider or ask that a larger panel of judges on that court hear the case. That happens March 29th. Um, That uh, period expires. Now, I think we can probably imagine, given the Supreme Court's ruling, that even if the plaintiffs in these cases, the people who are representing the transgender uh, military members, uh, do ask the D.C. Circuit to reconsider, they'll probably say no. At that point, the judge's injunction will dissolve and the Trump administration will be clear to begin implementing its policy. I would simply say one last thing. All of these cases and rulings so far have involved what are called preliminary injunctions. Litigation goes forward on the merits. Briefing and oral argument will still take place in these cases. Uh, So this is not the end of the matter. It just basically means the policy can go forward pending the litigation that continues. Let's talk a little about the Supreme Court opinion. It was a five to four vote down partisan lines. And though it was only on the preliminary injunction, it let the military ban take effect. So is this hinting that if this comes before the court again, 
the justices ultimately will uphold the restrictions of a military transgender ban? It is possible to read that into this kind of decision to a certain extent. On that kind of ruling, the court and none of the uh, justices issued opinions. We simply know that four of the justices, the justices that are considered more moderate or more progressive, would have kept the stay on the policy in place. When courts decide on these preliminary injunctions, they're supposed to balance a number of factors. What would be the hardship here to the government if it had to keep the policy on hold? What would be the hardship and the irreparable harm to the plaintiffs who are denied the ability to enlist or to continue serving? And finally, one part of the calculation is supposed to be at this point, how do we evaluate who's likely to prevail ultimately after the full round of litigation? So to the extent that's a factor, you could imagine that the justices of the Supreme Court and the majority were saying, you know, we're not making a final decision, but from what we see right now, we think there's a decent chance that we will end up ruling in favor of the government on the merits. You know, we can't say that's definitely what's going on, but it's undeniably part of the calculation. So the cases are now going forward to litigation and perhaps to trials. What are the issues? The lead issue in these cases is equal protection under the 14th Amendment Equal Protection Clause, which prevents the government from discriminating in certain areas. Do these bans constitute uh, unconstitutional discrimination on the basis of sex or separately on the basis of gender identity. We know that sex discrimination gets a higher and more skeptical level of review under the Constitution. Whether gender identity discrimination is the same thing or gets the same kind of heightened review is an open question. Two more claims. These cases say that under the Constitution's protection for liberty, the government may not deny liberty without due process. These cases deny people's autonomy, self-expression, dignity, And finally, at least some of the cases include a First Amendment argument that the transgender military members' ability to express their own gender identity and personality is uh, hindered by this policy. So, Steve, to an average person looking at this, not a lawyer, you look at the facts and it seems as if there's a good case for discrimination. Do you agree or is it a tough case? Well, so transgender people were banned from the military for a a long time, ever since the phenomenon of persons being transgender was known. The Obama administration studied the question, decided that was no longer justified, and began to remove the policy. The Trump administration has put it back in place. I think how one answers the question you've posed depends on how you evaluate the reasoning that the government has put forward and whether it is simply a pretext for wanting to to discriminate against this group or whether there remain solid reasons of military policy and military budget and military readiness which justify the ban. My view, I think increasingly people are coming to think that the ban is not justified, that the expense or the impact on readiness that transgender members of the service has is simply overblown. And this is sort of a pretext for more of a political purpose that the president may have. President Trump put this into effect by tweet. Transgender were serving in the military. There were no problems that were specified, but he tweeted that it was going to change. Will that come into play in the trials, how that happened, that there was no military guidance on his tweet? 
I think yes, I think it will be pointed to as evidence that this was not well thought out and we've had to sort of reverse engineer a justification for it because this was something the president just out of political instincts apparently wanted to do. All right. Thanks so much, Steve. As always, that's Steve Sanders. He's a professor at Indiana University's Mars School of Law. Thanks for listening to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. You can subscribe and listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcast. I'm June Grosso. This is Bloomberg.